0: I'm Phil DeLuca. I'm Shivam Bhat. <laughs> and we are Commander-in. Thanks for listening, everybody. We put a spotlight on community issues, but never, ever talk about three banned topics. Religion, politics, and Hearthstone. You know, Olivia, a lot of people ask how they can help the show. I'm glad you were wondering about that.
1: I was absolutely wondering.
0: The best way to help the show is to share the show with your friends. You take that link that is on every podcast player at this point and send them the link to the show. It's awesome. Your friend gets a message from another friend who they trust, nay, love, and uh, (laughs) (laughs) and they're more likely to listen. And more listeners is better because it exposes us to more people. Another way is to review us, because positive reviews let us get in front of more people. We actually have a positive review. We'll read to you a little bit later, (laughs) listeners.
2: Uh, It's it's definitely something.
0: You can always visit us on YouTube. Don't forget to comment, rate, and subscribe. And remember, folks, you smash the bell. You smash it. You smash it until it's not recognizable as a bell anymore, and maybe looks like some sort of uh, button on a browser interface. If you want to help us out materially, you can go to patreon.com slash mtg, or go to mtg.com slash donations or go to GoFundMe and search for Commander and use the C logo. It really helps us keep the lights on in Podcastia, which is uh, the nation that Shivam is about to found. Podcastia. <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> With my podcastian empire.
1: I thought we didn't talk about religion and politics.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. We did violate the politics rule.
2: Oh, hail, <laughs> podcastia. I'm working on the theme song still. It's, it's going to be a minute. The
1: theme song.
2: But we've got a political yeah. system, you know, you know what is it, the anthem. <laughs> Look, I have a flag, okay? That's the half the battle
0: right there. Hey, having a flag is half the battle. You're absolutely right. <laughs> the other half is knowledge, I think. So we are talking about cosplay, and given our guest, of course, we are going to talk about Taysa Karloff. Yay. And uh, we're even going to have a deck for you to talk about, maybe two of them. Who is our guest, Phil? We are welcoming... Why, well, Shivam, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> we are welcoming Olivia Gobert-Hicks. Listeners... Olivia is a versatile cosplayer and commander player. (laughs) She's the one who took down our first-ever Commander event. She was playing as Brea in our charity event in GP Seattle 2018. We'll be throwing pictures up probably while we're talking about this right now. And she not just played it, but she won the entire event. It was multiple rounds, and she just basically dominated the event. This with contact lenses on that she actually had trouble seeing through because they're (laughs) opaque white contact lenses. And she's pretty famous for her Teza cosplay as well. In fact, the next time I saw her at GPLA, I was like, I know you somehow. And she was in her Teza.
1: Yeah, Orzov Sion. Orzov
0: Sion, yeah. And so that was uh, slightly embarrassing. But uh, (laughs) then here we are. And you might say that in addition to all of that, she has an affinity for artifacts.
2: What? Yeah, her Brea deck is amazingly funny.
0: Yes. (laughs) And, uh, and in real life, too. So please welcome Olivia, everyone. And Olivia, say hi.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me. This is so exciting.
0: Oh, yeah. We're super stoked about this because, frankly, you're
2: one of the more talented members of the Magic community. You do really cool stuff. Oh, thank you. And your decks are really neat. And I was like, you know what? We should talk about people who do cool things and have neat decks.
1: I really appreciate that. I always think my decks are trash, but then they end up winning. So I don't know if it's like it, you sheer know, dumb luck or I just have like a weird way of looking at things.
2: I don't think you're allowed to say that anymore because... <laughs> cuz you thrash tables dude <laughs>
1: I I know I, I, that's like I said <laughs> I said I think not that they are
0: Oh man you think therefore they are Well
1: but, but then they wouldn't be good so I actually think it's the opposite <laughs> I think therefore they aren't
0: <laughs> Oh man it's a, it's wow. a good time When did you start with magic
1: Um in the summer of 2014 oh so i've not been playing that long yeah uh my very first game was an eight person two-headed giant game of commander what yes is <laughs> my, my that the best way to it's my origin somebody. story yeah I, actually it was kind of the best way to play my friends have been playing you know forever i remember the game coming out when i was a kid And they finally wore me down this one summer day. They were like, well, just come over. We're all going to hang out. We're going to play. I was like, all right, fine. I'll finally learn how to play this game. (laughs) So it actually worked out okay, because I had someone who's been playing for two decades sitting right next to me explaining to me as every turn is going on what's happening during a turn, what I should play, what kind of strategies we're thinking about and everything. So um, a mono-black Micaiah's deck was my very first commander deck, and that was the beginning of the end of my savings account, <laughs> and uh, free time outside of playing Magic the Gathering. So ever <laughs> since then, um, I played every week with them until I finally like understood the game and the mechanics enough to get my own decks, and here we are.
2: <laughs> what were your hobbies before Magic?
1: What were my hobbies before Magic? Um, that's actually a great question. I don't really remember. <laughs> like, it's become so all-consuming. Right? <laughs> it,
2: once you enter the Maw, you are never, like, there's nothing else. There's no time for anything else. This yeah, is...
1: the life before just kind of vanishes. <laughs> it's just you only know your time in the Maw.
2: <laughs> and then you only know what is in Standard right now. What's in my Commander deck?
1: See, I don't know that, though. I only know what Commander is. I that's that's the one thing I had that was so unusual from almost everybody else I know that has ever played Magic is that I hard I didn't play a pre-release until I think like two years after I started playing. What? And so <laughs> I had no idea, like it had to be told to me. I think it was um Hallie at Card Kingdom who was like sitting across from me during deck building. She had to like let me know I could put more than one of a card in the deck. <laughs> I had no idea. I was like, it's a hundred card singleton. That's what Magic the Gathering is, right? No, actually, it turns out (laughs) that's not at all how a lot of people played. And Commander still wasn't super huge at the time. So I'd tell people, oh, yeah, I played Commander. And they'd give me the blank stare of just like, what's that? It's like, well, you get a stack of a hundred cards. There's a general that sits outside and then you play. And they'd look at me like I was insane. (laughs) and i had to actually i actually introduced my husband to commander he had played on mtgo and the duels of the planeswalkers like console game and stuff Mm -hmm. i had to explain what commander was to him nice and he said it was crazy and that it made no sense and i told him you're wrong and it's the best And so now he, like, the two of us have a ton of decks between us, and that's pretty much what we play.
0: So you introduced uh, Commander to people who initially screeched like macaques. Yes. When told about it.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Like, so, how do you do this? So, the
2: funny thing is, then you must have been looking at some of these cards which say, you know, when you play this card, go to your deck and get a second copy of this card and put it into play, and been like, when would you ever do that?
1: Exactly. Well, and for the longest time, like, I would see stuff like that in and, you know, like, Limited for pre release or whatever I was playing. And I'd just be like, why would I ever use this card? Right. And then I'd go and it open three more of them. I was like, oh, that's why. <laughs> but again, I had to be reminded that that was a thing I could do.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, it happens to me all the time when I'm looking at like new magic cards and stuff and I'm just like, man, this is garbage. Why would you ever play it? And it's like, well, in standard, when you have four of them, it's great. And I'm like, oh, Right. 60 card.
1: And for the longest time, I was like, why would why would you have a play set of four? You can't use, I mean, unless you have four decks that run a card. Yeah, right. Well, it <laughs> turns out there's this whole world of magic that I wasn't actually aware of at the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's crazy to think of how many different ways you can play magic.
1: I, I mean, I'm still an evangelist for this format. I, this is far and away the best way to play as far as I'm concerned.
0: We definitely agree. Well, Commander is the best. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, period end of story like I, I hear no argument otherwise It's just <laughs> this, is, this is the way to go
0: now you're also a cosplayer when did you start cosplaying
1: um I started when did I start cosplaying in 2016 what was it it was so we finally decided to go to Emerald City Comic Con and I was still not super heavy into magic like I was buying cards and you know like making decks but it was super super casual didn't even have like a play group or anything I don't think I'd done my first pre-release yet Hmm. I actually wanted to do a Shayla from Chrono Trigger cosplay. <laughs> nice. And Whoa. I figured, I was like, ah, I feel like not enough people are going to recognize. I'm just going to look like general anime character number, you know, 321 or something. So I was just kind of, I don't even know how it came up, probably on Pinterest or something. I was just looking at cosplay stuff. And I think I stumbled on one of Sprankle's pictures and I was like, oh, wait, people cosplay Magic the Gathering? Well, I'm into that now, so what the hell. I'd never built anything before. I built a full Liliana out of Warbla, like, went the whole nine yards for it. I wore it to Emerald City.
0: like uh, For real?
1: Yeah. Like, two people said something to me about it, and then I put it away and didn't wear it again until 17. Jeez. And, yeah, like, so I just kind of did it as a one-off and was like, oh, okay. When, you know, I had no idea they were, like, GPs. That was not in my sphere of knowledge yet. <laughs> so... <laughs> What, what do you mean
0: two people said something about it?
1: I mean, I only had two, like two or three people recognize me and like say, oh, great Liliana or something. Even if they'd said bad Liliana, that would have been fine. But I only had like three people mention that they knew who I was. <laughs> oh. I mean, it was the wrong audience. Like I wasn't in like the magic playing spot, you know. It was yeah. a completely different scene. So it's fine.
2: Sure, of course.
1: Um. So I didn't wear it again until 17. I wore it again at World City. And then my husband and I were kind of like keyed on to hey, there are these GPs and this is these are things that we can go to. So the first one we went to was Vegas and I brought Liliana to that and got sucked in by the other cosplayers and we all started making <laughs> friends and decided I was gonna build Brea. And then really honestly like in earnest, I started with the magic stuff. Like, more than just having that single lily I'd made two years prior. I got the Brea done, and then I got Tesa, and then I got Drana, and then I got... Who else do I have? I did a Sakashima earlier this year that needs some fixing, because I haven't really been able to wear it. I did a Traxa, and now I have the other Tesa. Like, I just blew up last year
2: yeah you definitely
0: did
1: so really I feel like I've only been doing it one year but it's actually been a little longer than that
0: yeah you blew up and now you and uh, Tappy Toe Claws are kind of oh my
1: god my Sydney yeah
0: she is so cool
1: (laughs) she's just she's a
0: delight she is awesome she is
2: so much fun (laughs) she
1: (laughs) She is a very loud delight but I love her
2: people think that I'm excitable and loud and like on 11
1: (laughs) they have not met Sydney (laughs)
2: like Sid is like 12 (laughs) She's the only person I've ever met who can bowl me over. And I'm just like, okay. Like, if we were to have a, a an excitement off, I think there would be a big, like, empty crater between us.
1: Oh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> <laughs>
2: There's
0: an excite off. That's
1: funny. Literally zero doubt in my mind.
2: That's just funny. But, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, like, insane to think about that, like, what well, this has been, like, five years since you first saw the game to now mm-hmm. where you're, like, a household name in our community. Which is pretty amazing. And you're, like, talented beyond just cosplay with, like...
1: oh, thank you. I lean surreal because I don't feel like I've done anything to, like, not deserve it, but have even acquired it in any capacity. Like, I'm just, like, I just like yelling about things on Twitter, and I just turn my attention to magic. <laughs> like-
2: <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't know anything about that at all, would we, Phil? No, not at all.
1: No, not a one. No, no. A- <laughs>
2: well, because it feels to me like, like, first there was Sprinkle. And then in the void that Sprankle left when she departed, suddenly there was room for like all of you guys, as if a giant tree in the forest got knocked down and all the little saplings could finally grow. And so like you and Tappy and all of the other cosplayers are suddenly like a million of them. But it's I don't know. I just think it's
1: super cool. It's funny that there's like a million of us and still we're only like a tight knit group of like thirteen <laughs> that all know each other pretty well and like coordinate. And well, stuff. I mean, <laughs> but I know. No, I mean I know what you mean. Like she was a force and she's. I oh, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for her, so I'm yeah. I'm all in debt to St. Sprinkle. Right. <laughs>
0: well, she's amazing. So She really is amazing. Is. Now, did you develop your metalworking skills for the cosplay, or did you have them before? I
1: did not. Actually, um, when I started playing Commander, it was Thursday afternoons, which is one of the days I had off from jewelry school. I was actually down in San Francisco for that. My friends from high school were living in the Bay Area, too. And so I would go hang with them on my off days while I was at uh, jewelry school to start. So I was actually doing that first and then realized, Mm -hmm. hey, I could, you know, carry this over.
0: (laughs) That's actually pretty amazing. Yeah. So that metalworking really helps you out. We've been watching that. you made a coin for someone we're about to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Charles, right? Yes. What, mean, that was a Rakdos coin? Yeah.
1: I ran out of things to do on the stream and I had a quarter. So I like put it in my, my plastic heat bond stuff to hold on to things while they get engraved. And so it was the George Washington head. We just started talking. And I think he was the one that brought it. It may have been someone else on the stream that was like, oh, we need a Rakdos coin for the Festival of Horrors. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> whoops! So we turned it into like an admittance token and put horns on George Washington. And then we flipped it and. Put Racto stuff on. That
0: was really neat. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. Yeah, <laughs> and our viewers are seeing. Not
1: that. that I would, not that I would ever deface a coin. No, no. just modify it. That's not the same. But you also
2: <laughs> made this amazing card for uh, Josh uh Lee Quiet. Oh
1: yeah, the Sriracha bottle. I'm so glad he was so patient and waiting like a year and a half. For
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you engraved like a, a sheet of brass or something like that. Yeah. To look like a Sriracha bottle mm-hmm. with jewelry on it to be his vial smasher. Vial smasher.
1: Well, I mean that's kind of like what it was. I I had actually started one. I tested it on aluminum. And first off, aluminum is a nightmare to cut, so never again. But secondly, I realized that was entirely too much detail to actually make it look good and be any way shape or form time efficient. Mm. <laughs> so, I was just like, "Uh, what what's the vial?" And I found the um vial of dragonfire card. And art on that is vial smasher's hand holding said vial that is to be smashed. Yeah. And as I'm looking at it, and it's just this bright orange melange, I was like, oh, God, I should make it a bottle of sriracha. Because he's always you know, talking about <laughs> its hot sauce and its you know, dragon fire hot sauce, and it all just kind of coalesced. Yeah, that's amazing. And then I'm sitting here like, well, okay, how am I going to translate red chili sauce to metal? And I realized I'd just gone to school in Belgium and learned how to put stones in pretty much anything. And I realized, why not put red stones in it? And then it's sparkly. He kind of also told me to make it better than Jimmy's, so I had to one-up myself a bit. <laughs> 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 so I figured a uh, bedazzled uh, bottle of sriracha would probably do the trick. And it looks like it did.
2: That's pretty sick. Yeah, that's
1: Yeah, that's sweet. really
0: awesome. Well, cool. Yeah. So... We're going to get more about cosplaying and your Tesa Karlov deck. But, sure. and uh, And actually, we have a video from Brian Canada, who's the cure for the common game on YouTube. And uh, we'll get to that a little bit later, because first... We want to thank our sponsors. Yes, we have sponsors. oh yes. Of course, these are our patrons. Each week, we like to call out three of our patroni. This week, we're going to thank Jeremy Gribos. I'm pretty sure that's how you say that. Braden Bodish. He was in. He just wanted a peek at the CAG show, Shivam. Wow. He wanted a sneak peek to get the information one day earlier. So he joined us as a patron just today as we record this. Charles Gray joined the Insane Patron Club, which is he donated enough to work with us on a show plan directly. He's gonna tell us what to say, and then he's gonna be on the show himself. It's gonna be awesome Oh, shoot.
1: Yay, Charles!
0: I'm looking forward to it.
1: Tell him he has to have the Rakdos coin and he can only answer questions based on a coin flip. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, well i think you just told him oh goodness gracious okay
1: charles that's what you have to do now i told you Ta-da. <laughs> it's gonna be an awesome show you guys
0: amazing. yeah yeah we're gonna make that one work it's gonna be it's awesome it's
1: gonna be lit <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so thank you very much everybody and uh in honor of olivia joining us we are going to thank our top lifetime contributors and uh, these are all people who've donated a crazy amount to us and now it includes Charles Gray so we'll start off with uh... oh and listeners you can get in on this crazy name game as well new patrons even if you're not a top lifetime contributor yet whatever your name is on Patreon we are going to read it out loud and if it's not family friendly we will bleep it and that's all there is to it so let's thank Charles Gray Hunter Pruitt Hash Brown 87, Tyler T. Money Webb, Josh Effett Reprint Everything.
1: Also, a hearty thanks to Akira Thompson, (laughs) Cameron Fowler, Chad Jones, Mason Talley. Yeah.
0: And
2: Colt Baldrige, Jackie Miller, Sandra Hodel Bobby, and Bradford Heron.
0: Yeah. And also Marcus Ogier, Robin Koss, Matt Hoffman, and Russell Lee.
2: Hi, Russ.
1: Oh, hi, Russ. (laughs) Jason Hill, Dan Krause, Drowned in Sorrow, and Henry Stuckenborg. And (laughs) And
2: coming near the top of our list, Matt Childs, Nick Yusenia, Discussing Magic. Thank you, Magic, for discussing us. (laughs) And Andy, she even is my spirit animal, Bentley. Yay! Andy, we're going to have to talk about this. I
1: knew that was coming. Because
2: this spirit ain't free.
1: (laughs) We're, this is or out talk today, so I'm super yeah, on board.
2: Like, so, so uh, yeah. let's talk about some afterlifeing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> give me that good stuff. Yep. And see, Andy snuck the forbidden topic in. Mm -hmm. Let's see uh, what he changes it to next time. We'll be reading these out about once a month. So if you want to change your name to something amusing and or awkward for us to say, please go ahead and do it. We're happy to do
1: I may contribute just so I can do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's fun. Uh, it, It is pretty fun. So some more stuff before we get to the main topic. Uh, Shivam, any uh, information about the Commander Advisory Group that you want to bring up and maybe ask our listeners?
2: Yeah, so it turns out that we are banning all blue cards as of the next banned list. Excellent. But actually, uh, more seriously though, the Commander Advisory Group has actually been pretty interesting because so far the main thing we've been doing has been setting up the infrastructure because before the Rules Committee was four people who knew each other really, really well and they didn't need things like infrastructure. (laughs) So, uh, because it's just like, hey, I'm just going to text my buddy and then we're just going to talk about what should be banned in Commander. And then we're going to be like, ha, 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 have some drinks and ban all the fun cards. (laughs) So,
1: Cyclonic Rift isn't banned. I don't know what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, give it a minute, buddy. Um,
1: (laughs) Let them fight in words.
2: I just got here. Uh, Wait till my regime begins.
1: We cannot have all Boros cards in Commander. (laughs) Just
2: stop. (laughs) Look, I'm just banning cards until my deck is good. And that just means
0: that eventually we're just going to be playing as Gazban Ogres, and it'll be fine. <laughs> Wait a second. Can you ban cards? Can we ban advisory members? No, I mean, can we ban cards that are just so bad you shouldn't play them? Like you said, <laughs> we need some Boros cards in Commander. Is that because of Naya? <laughs> hey, man, you can't get bored without Boros.
1: Can we ban Commander advisory group members? I have one in mind.
2: <laughs> Josh? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Why Every deck has to run Orrery. That's a rule now. (laughs) But the thing is, though,
2: interestingly, what I didn't realize is that one of the rules committee members actually lives 15 minutes away from me. So last weekend he came over and we played a handful of games at my house and sat and talked about Commander and the philosophy and what they expect the CAG to do. how
1: you plan on ruining our beloved format. Huh?
2: (laughs) (laughs) It was actually really fascinating to hear and... Like, I was like, why is Raffaella's banned? And he's like, have you ever seen a Raffaella's as a commander? And I'm like, no, because it's been banned. He's like, exactly. (laughs) And then I was like, what about Braids? And he's like, dude, you don't want Braids as a commander. And I'm like, a lot of people do. It's like, yeah, that's because they think they want Braids. Because Braids is a nightmare to play with. It's like, if you don't ever want to play, have Braids as your commander. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going to invite him on, and we're going to sit and uh, talk about that. But so
0: far, uh, so good. Well, cool. And, of course, the uh, instant you have something that you want to share with our listeners, we'll hear about it, won't we? Oh, yes. Excellent. (laughs) So all three of us have something in common. I don't know if you realize this, besides that we play Magic and we play Commander specifically and think it's the best format ever. We're all going to be at Magic Fest Los Angeles. Yeah, we are. (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) So March 1st through the 3rd. 2019 is going to be absolutely in crazy in crazy? Insano crazy in crazy wow that's right but here's the thing
2: though right like at Magic Fest LA it's going to be all of us and like the brew the commander's brew is flying in from Canada to come to Magic Fest LA I found out yesterday the Brothers War podcast is coming from Texas Josh and Jimmy are going to be there
1: wait what this is
2: nuts And then like half the CAG is going to be there. Can we
1: just make it a commander convention instead?
2: I really, really would like to do that channel fireball event.
1: Commander Summit. It's decided.
2: We kind of need to because literally every major commander podcasting group is going to be there. Yeah, it's a thing. It's going to be maybe the biggest commander meetup since
0: Vegas. Vegas uh, 2018. Yeah, Yeah, that
2: was a ham. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's really cool. Well, if you're not going to be there, you'll be listening to this uh, a few days before it instead. So uh, maybe next time. Come on out to L.A. There's so many of us here. Ruben's here, too. Don't forget. Yes. Uh, And he'll be joining us at Magic Fest. So we'll see you there. And we have some listener feedback. I couldn't help it. I saw this one and and just absolutely needed to. (laughs) On Valentine's Day, no less. Oh, yeah. This is a review left on iTunes. (laughs) And where we normally ask for five-star reviews, this listener chose to give us uh, something different, a one-star review. This is by DC-1152. No idea who that person is. Well,
1: look at the bravery of that full name. Yeah, yeah. Don't
0: shame. Their feedback is, uh, it's honest, it's from the heart. Went from a Commander show to Virtue signaling woo fun stuff for my hobby. There you go. I don't
1: think that's a real sentence.
0: (laughs) Where's the lie? (laughs) Get him, Shiva. That's right. Shiva and I, uh, we have a joke. We would ask the question can two social justice warriors talk about commander while crying for two hours
1: (laughs) only if it's on YouTube
0: (laughs) last show somebody wrote in Uh, our last show was about the Boros episode. I think Mm -hmm. it's hard to keep track of these things. Aurelia. And uh, yeah, Aurelia. Too busy virtue signal. And uh, yeah, it's too, it's too much for me (laughs) to keep track of A.W. Morris. 1985 says no mention of wrecking ogre or grafted exoskeleton why well um well i mean for one
2: thing <laughs> neither of us are degenerate forexian, so we always forget about infect cards <laughs> and <laughs> and wrecking ogre is actually an interesting idea that's a card that lets you add like plus three plus three and double strike that's a good play. That's a good idea to put in. I recommend it if you're going to be playing a take all turns type of deck. So thank you for that suggestion.
0: Yeah, Wrecking Ogre is pretty good. I've put that in there basically as an instant spell a couple of times.
2: Yeah, it's a good way to kind of finish games. Yeah. Uh,
0: and then as a reminder, we had some press at Venture Beat where Shivam's personal friend Jason Wilson. Now you taught him how to play Magic, didn't you?
2: Uh, basically, yeah. Like he's the editor in chief of Venture Beat over there. We've been friends for quite some time, and. Magic had been giving him free product that he had no business using or no <laughs> desire to use at the time uh, because they were like, hey, Arena's coming out. You should learn how to play Magic. And he's like, you talk about Magic all the time. Do you want to maybe tell me what to do with all this stuff? That's
1: incredible. Because
2: he had been a longtime D&D player and he's played Hearthstone and all these other games. He just never got around to Magic. And so I started showing him and now he's making these completely like... Just degenerate crazy town decks on arena all day. I'm very pleased to see that I've brought another person into hell. <laughs> no,
0: into into this wonderful world.
2: Of debt. I don't think I ever told you, Phil. Did I tell you the story that I got two of my coworkers to play Magic? Like, for instance, I gave them both like the intro decks that we get from, you know, the stores, the free thirty card packs or whatever. Yeah. And then I went to the pre pre release and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm gonna be on this thing. Literally, they sat and watched the entire pre-pre-release at work. I work at a company that works in movie and television. And they had a very large screen set up, and they were watching the pre-pre. And then they both went out and bought boxes. And when I came back, they had, like, boxes of M19 and Ravnica and whatever and had built proto decks. And I'm like, dog, you went from zero to, like, 80 in a day. (laughs) (laughs) Let's maybe pull back a step. But it's pretty great. It's been a long time since I've taught brand new people how to play Magic and it's fun to see what they get excited by and what they're confused by
0: yeah that's really cool teaching new players is one of the highlights of many places I've worked the last two places I won't say their names It it was a blast we sat there at lunch and I taught people how to play and then I taught people how to play Commander (laughs) <laughs> and so I still have friends who play Commander from those days. It's great. Yeah,
2: it's great. Man. And that means that, like, every Tuesday now at work, we have a little gathering where we sit and jam decks together. And I get to show off all these fancy decks that they've never seen. They're like, Whoa, this card taps for two mana. What do you do? And I'm we like, Play it all the time. Ah, oh, my sweet summer child.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let me introduce you to Soul Ring.
2: It's like, Let me teach you about Tron, my friend. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Don't. That is like. We're not going to...
2: I love Tron. I love Tron. Of
1: course you do. Of course you do.
2: <laughs> well, look, uh, the thing is, I play mono fair decks, so I use hideously broken and abusable cards and do things like put out Force of Nature or Mahamodi Jin, <laughs> And it's like, ah, uh, what a waste of just exploitable nonsense.
1: My name's Shiva, and I'm the worst. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Guilty.
2: <laughs> but I am building a... Uh, Brian David Marshall Memorial, utterly degenerate enchantress deck right now, so... You,
0: you know that that means he's dead.
1: Uh, Actually, I don't know. So my husband has decided that there is the John Humbert Memorial Strip Mall Act where all strip malls that are near each other have to have connecting parking lots. He is also not dead. I
2: approve. I realize that people are like, oh, you know, when you say memorial, you're dead. And I'm like, no, I'm remembering them. They're just dead to me. That's all. <laughs> Fair
1: enough. Like, the
2: Sean made... Mo- well, <laughs> that's a mean thing to say. No, uh... They're not dead to me, they're just like, it's just like in memory of my friend. Like I have the uh, Sean Mayne Memorial House rule for my Commander games where we start with a Monarch token in the middle of the table.
1: Yeah, you were explaining this on Twitter, weren't you?
2: Yeah, Yeah. and so like you attack and whoever does the first attack just gets a Monarch token and then the hockey puck starts bouncing around. It's super fun. I really recommend it if you guys want to start breaking board stalls early. (laughs) And it helps aggro decks. I
1: actually almost put, just to like segue us, kind of, I actually almost put some Monarch cards in my Tesa deck just to be terrible. You
2: totally should. I, well, I'm, you should. It would be on theme. They're
1: they're sitting on the sideboard. They're teetering. They're waiting for a card to prove that it's not worthy.
2: <laughs> I'm just saying Palace Jailer is super good.
1: Yeah, right?
0: Well, that's an excellent teaser for the deck portion of today's uh, event. here to help. Do you want to talk a little bit about cosplay? We'll go back to that for a moment? It seems
1: that's why, part of the reason you brought me on, so maybe we should do that.
0: So how much planning actually goes into cosplay?
1: Uh, if you're me, less than it should be.
0: <laughs> what do you mean?
1: I, I mean, I get the harebrained scheme of I see something and then start buying stuff for it without actually like thinking it through. I posted actually a picture of like, Tases like collar and neck piece and everything from this most recent one that is pretty much the most forethought I've ever put into a cosplay and I did that after I had half of it built so for me generally the planning is do I like the art is it going to be recognizable not necessarily like oh everyone's gonna think this card is super awesome it's more that I just don't want it to be like so you're dressed up at a GP and I don't know why I want it to be something that's like obvious that it is from magic that you know it's part of it. And then how feasible do I think it is? Like, I, this is coming from someone who decided Atraxa was a good one to build. So that's only, that's touch and go on that whole feasible part. As far as planning, like, I don't really plan it out. I just decide I'm going to do something and throw together stuff and see what sticks. So my cosplays could probably be way better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> did you build uh, Atraxa? I did.
1: Um, Atraxa came to Japan. Atraxa is going. I'm going to try and bring her to L.A. I have to see if I can fix a part of the leg, like, bone armor. If I can't, then she's not. If I can, she'll be thrown into the back of my car haphazardly and make the trip. (laughs) But I managed to fit all of Atraxa in one large but not oversized piece of luggage. So that's, like, my crowning achievement on that. Wow. But, yeah, I did build Atraxa. She's got, like, a 7-foot wingspan. I can't see when I'm wearing it except for right in front of me. So I can, like, see where I'm walking. But if there's somebody two steps in front of me, I will walk right into them. So I need chaperones. So in Portland, I wore her and actually had a bunch of people that were planeswalkers, like, guiding me around. So I had my people to proliferate. I had my super friends. I, I just kind of go for it with planning. Almost everybody plans <laughs> there's more than I do.
2: So here's a question. How do you decide a character that you want to try to cosplay?
1: I just see, like, well, with Taysa and Liliana, like... Well, Brea especially. I think Brea, when I saw her, I was like, it's me. I build things or I take them apart and get happy. So there's my life gain. Or I take them apart and make other people sad. There's my four four counters. I was like, this is <laughs> this is me. Like I am all about this. I would be made partially out of metal and like shifting in and out of, you know, this space if I could. So with Brea, it was like, I have this card. This is, this is me in a nutshell, I build stuff out of metal, this is what I do. I should really build a deck around this and if I'm gonna build this deck, I'm gonna cosplay the hell out of this. And I thought it was completely like, I didn't know how I was gonna pull it off. My like pipe dream for Brea was getting like a flexible LED sheet and just have like a front facing camera and a back facing camera so you could see through me. Of course, that is like way beyond what <laughs> I'm capable of building. It is probably technologically possible <laughs> at an affordable price at this point in time. Yeah, I just, I wanted to do something that, I think for me, I like making cosplays that nobody has attempted for the most part. That's definitely what Dermuda, Brand Attracts and, and yeah. Sakashima was, was doing that. Tayson and Liliana, like, from the limited lore I knew at the time were characters that I got, I was just drawn to, like, I would be a sassy necromancer that at almost 200 wants to look like she's still 20. I, I understand
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Like I get that. That speaks to me. Uh, so it was it was and you know, Tesa is here trying to overthrow a bunch of dead old guys that are holding their guild back. I'm here for that too. So it <laughs> with those they really spoke to me with the other ones, they seemed either a challenge or nobody had really done that. And it was like, can I do it? And I just kind of go for it and see how it all turns out. Um, Like, I'd never seen Drana done, so I did her. And I think a couple of other people had done Taysa, but I'd seen only versions of Envoy of Ghosts. So I hadn't seen a Norzhov sign, so that's why I wanted to do that one. But, yeah, I just, I've, I've leaned, you know, leaned towards the more prominent women characters and generally i like playing non planeswalkers because again i'm a commander player i try to build a deck of whomever i'm playing like save scarab god obviously i haven't tried that one i probably won't i like doing legendary characters i think they need some love too and yeah i just i just like if i see good art then i i take it from there and if it's if it's something i think i can personify well enough i'll go for it
2: so one of the problems, though, is that like magic art only shows you one half of a character.
1: Tell me about it.
2: <laughs> How do you figure out what the back is?
1: That actually is, it's funny. Some artists, like after a character has been released, I know that Magali has done this for cosplayers. If they ask her like, hey, I've never seen a side profile of this piece that you've done. She's actually like painted something out for them and been like, here's what it would look like in my brain. For Tesa Karlov, this most recent one that I did... I had no idea, so I just made it up. I figured what I could from the two art pieces I had, which are the Taste of art and then the front facing of her from the Revival Revenge card. And I went for it and I ended up doing an okay job on that (laughs) Um, it just because at least with that one for the most part it all kind of fit together and made sense and I got a little bit of like creative license but that is one of the spots where we just have to use a little bit of creativity and say okay well if this looks like this how would how would I envision that style being carried over the nice thing is nobody can tell you you're wrong when it's the back of something that's never been seen so there is no canon so it's kind of like I, I've decided this is what it is because nobody can tell me differently. So that That's at least nice.
0: Awesome. Well, you are the expert on Taysa Karlov, aren't you?
1: I try. Oh, my God. I love her so much.
0: <laughs> Your Taysa costume is sick, by the
1: way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just I, yeah. I, I say that like I'm in awe of it because the other cosplayer who helped me out with it, she's at Tarmacat. Cat. she offered to help me with the gloves. She was like hey I just have I have just the right fabric for this can I just make these for you I was like oh my god yeah thank you I, I, I'm not gonna say no to any help right mm. so she finishes that and she's like well you know I've really wanted to try and make this kind of sleeve do you mind if I take a stab at that I was like I don't know how to sew go for it this was <laughs> gonna be like the worst experiment I've ever undertaken because I wanted it to actually look good so she ended up saying well if I do the sleeves for you I can attach it to this shirt and that's got the The black lining on it, you know, the the sleeves that she's wearing. I could just make the skirt too, and I could do that. And she ended up making like all of the fabric pieces. Like I think I did, (laughs) I did one of the capes for it. She did the the smaller one with all the gold detail. She did the sleeves. She did the gloves. She did the skirt. And then I think all I did was like satin tunic. I throw over the whole thing, and like I used, I recycled the cape from the old Tessa to wear on this one. And then I did all the foam and armor stuff. If it wasn't for Kat, that cost that cosplay probably wouldn't have ever gotten finished in time, much less been as amazing as it is. She absolutely knocked it out of the park and she was just like, I just got bored. I needed a project. That is
2: really cool. Uh oh, oh okay. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Let me go cry somewhere and then make you like a Golgari <laughs> token. She's the one that did that amazing Vraska from God, what was it? I think she was at one of the, the SCG con, but the one with like it literally looks like she made those snakes come out of her head. She nailed it. just everything about it was just superlative. Oh, she's so good. She did that incredible Vraska.
0: Oh, I think I recall that. She
1: also did the um the death right shaman with the unban me sign?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: That was cat. That was yeah. She's good. <laughs> she's a sweetheart, obviously. Yeah. I'm I'm certainly biased, yeah.
0: <laughs> she sure is if she's doing all that to help you out. That's amazing. mm
1: mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah.
0: Well, are you ready to talk about Taysa the deck? <laughs>
1: no, naturally.
0: Uh, the, and the card, of course. Um, so first, before we get into your deck, we're going to play a video from Brian Canada. He uh, He's the cure for the common game on YouTube. And he had heard you were coming on the show.
1: I can't believe he knows who I was.
0: And so he made this video for you. <laughs> yeah, he,
1: I don't understand it, but thank you. You're uh,
0: you're pretty well known there. Hey, Olivia, Phil, Shivam. How are y'all
3: today? I want to talk a little bit about Taysa Carlock. Now, I this is this is probably the version that I've been waiting on. Uh, I really love the Creature Dying Causes. Uh, uh, t- t- what is this? D- a death Harmonicon. And then Creature Tokens you control have Vigilance and Lifelink. As much as I would love to give my Merit Lage token Vigilance and Lifelink, I didn't do it in this deck. I kind of stayed a little more toward the Lifelink aspect of it. The you know black and white and the life gain and all that. And... Uh, with that in mind, of course, you know I did the creature life gain package with all, all of the all of the soul sisters, and then the blood artist, of course. Now, I really really enjoy the new afterlife mechanic, even though it's kind of not new. I mean, tw- we had it for Doom Traveler. I think I'm I'm playing with all of them from Ravnica Allegiance in the deck. I'm also playing with the you know the OG tasa because. They work so well together. Now, t- t- we do have you know, the Lingering Souls to get that our 1-1 tokens on, and, and there's a couple other cards like that. So, focusing on Lifelink and tokens, of course, t- t- we're going to have the Intangible Virtues, we're going to have the Ethereal Absolution. You know, I'm really liking the Tithe Taker. The one thing about those Spirit Tokens is they are clamp-tastic. I love it. You know, we're playing black and white, so we have access to some of the best removal ever. I mean, I'm running Swords, Utter End, and Kay's Wrath, because, you know, why not? We're going to gain some life out of this deal. Oh, I forgot this in, in the uh, Soul Sisters package, I, I guess. And it wouldn't be complete without Hell's Caretaker. Hell's Caretaker allowing us to swap the afterlife creatures in the graveyard for maybe an afterlife token and keep getting that trigger to which of course she's going to double and then we're going to gain life off of the proper burial e- each time it goes to the yard the pawn of Ulamog is just going to create free 01s out of the deal you know the a bunch of life gain cards like the sign and blood uh, uh, or i say life gain I'm sorry <laughs> draw cards like sign and blood you don't really feel that life loss because of the life gain that we're doing champion of the stray souls is oh man this was made for her so we spend five mana and tap it and we can sacrifice our afterlife creatures to return already dead afterlife creatures and you swap it out every turn and you double up your tokens every single turn and i hate to do it but you know sometimes a game's got to end it really does. Uh, this is the quick version of the deck, but I'm I'm running Blood Bond, Sanguine Blonde, and Exquisite Blood. It is life gain, and it is more there for a clutch and anything else. But now, this is the one I love. Approach of the Second Son. Yeah, it, it kind of loses a little bit in a singleton format, but you know what? Demonic Consultation fixes all those problems. And then, of course, because, you know, I'm me, I've got to be running the Storm Herd, because if we're doing crazy amounts of life, let's do this. Anyway, that's kind of a brief synopsis of what's going on with the deck. I've got a, uh, on deckstats.com, I have the entire deck listed. I hope you like it. Hope it's something that you might consider playing. We will see you all later.
0: Thanks, Brian. (laughs) Uh, listeners, let us know as always what you thought of Brian's deck. Olivia, we're all interested in hearing what you, the expert on taste, have to say about this deck.
1: I, I get real, real. This pedestal is very high. <laughs> um, I actually haven't seen. I've never seen Hell's Caretaker or Demonic Consultation because part of why I love Commanders, I get to see things I never would have seen before. Right. Those are pretty sweet. I like. I see Champion of the Stray Souls and Approach of the Second Sun. Those are things I would never consider for this deck. Mm. But that doesn't mean they're bad for the deck. They're just not my like my playstyle. Like I I'm pretty sure Stray Souls is like in the sideboard I have for this. I just feel like for me it's not something I'd use in my board state. All the the but I I mean, I have Blood Bond in there too. Plenty of his life gain commons are money for this deck. So yeah, it looks it looks spicy. This this would be take on Taysa that I never would have had. So it, I think it would be really fun to play yeah. and see how it works out you know yeah
2: like that i mean it's like we say every time your brea runs into my brea which are just fundamentally different decks
1: oh my god they're so different
2: and it's like that's the best part of edh is that a commander doesn't mean that your deck has to be on rails it can be completely different take on it
1: no sometimes you can just i mean like before i knew really what i was doing i could argue that i still don't but when i was really brand new as far as i was concerned because i didn't know like I I think my first deck was Prosh. I didn't know how often or like essential it was for the commander to have synergy with things. I would just be like, well, you could just use any card that has the right colors that you want to play, right? Like, it <laughs> never really dawned on me in the very very beginning. Like, oh, they actually integrate really well. It's more than just that. I, I yeah. So it's it's always interesting to see what people come up with with the same commander. Like that was the greatest thing about checking decks with Shiva was this. Freya that we both have
2: yeah seriously
1: they share maybe what six cards outside of lands like there's no there's hardly any overlap it was surreal
2: if if we hit our commanders you wouldn't think that we had the same deck at all
1: that they were in any way related <laughs>
2: it's amazing actually because i've been yeah. working on a taste of deck too and i'm interested in seeing what your difference is because i'll be honest my deck is more based around life gain and like crested sunmare. Basically, like, I want to make a lot of indestructible ponies all day. Oh, Of course you do. And, well, it's tokens, right? Like, why wouldn't I want to make tokens?
1: Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Why not make that kind of token? And, like,
2: <laughs> you know, Tesa and Aili and all the Orzavi life gaining type stuff. Mm-hmm. So where did you go with this deck?
1: So I went, like, overwhelmed with tokens because Tesa's death harmonicon is just... Sublime. I
2: love it so much.
1: So this is actually, I, I mean, I don't know if it would be necessarily heavy in enchantments, but it kind of is. I think I'm running like 15 or 16 enchantments, maybe 17, and basically it's just like make a lot of tokens, kill them, and have about 20 triggers on death, and then life gain. <laughs> <Yeah>. I
0: mean, <laughs> <That's>, okay, it's <laughs> <that's> awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so screwed up. I cannot like all the times that I've the times that I've played this deck and I haven't had enough play with it to really have honed it, but every time I've played it, I do something so broken. I played it against my husband. We were just playtesting one of his decks, and I think I had 12 triggers off one death <laughs> and I killed like four things. So there were 48 oh, no. and I had to order all of them. And it was, this, it was a whole ordeal. And I think I got him an attrition just that he was tired of me having to like figure out how I wanted to do things in order to make everything <laughs> like coalesce a certain way. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd, mine's overwhelming with tokens, lots of death triggers, making gross stuff happen a lot and then life gaining to just get out of reach.
2: You grind them into nothing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, really. Yeah. Oh,
0: man. That's uh, that's beautiful. And uh, so we like to just kind of ask in general, like, how many rampy cards you have, how much draw you have, that kind of thing.
1: Um, my draw is not enough. I think there's five or six in there, which is totally not enough. But it hasn't been a problem yet. So we'll see. Ramp cards, I want to say about 10 or 11 are in there. And I think it's... 30-something
0: creatures. That's not bad. 30-something creatures. That's, uh, that's a creature that'll carry you through the first six turns or so.
1: Right? They're all creatures that, ha- that bring friends with them.
0: Right, or they die and come back.
1: And give me more friends. Yes. I love having friends.
0: <laughs> friends are good.
1: Really? You really, honestly, what this is, is it's not even like a tokens deck, it's a popularity deck. It's like, I want you and your friends to come. <laughs> I'm casting you and your friends.
2: This is the real click.
1: Friends are mandatory. You know what it is? This is a total Orzov pyramid scheme. Like, you need to recruit your friends to, like, this is MLM as a deck. Oh,
2: God. <laughs> I need you
1: and two of your friends to go. <laughs> Sell these loans and then come back to me and I will give you a penny from them.
2: Amway, the Orzhov way. we are going
1: to be so happy. You're
2: going to make so much money. Yeah.
1: <laughs> except like fancier. It's going to look nicer. We're at least going to gold plate it to make you think you got something worthwhile and you actually did. I
2: mean, let's be honest though. MLMs are totally an Orzhov scam. Like, Oh,
1: please believe. 100%. The couple people that were in on level one got it. Then they just started a marketing plan and just take everyone's money. Everyone <laughs> loses it except for them. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my god, they are the Amway of Ravnica.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, they are.
1: But we're the people that started Amway and just told everybody else to start selling it. <laughs> so yeah, I'm here for this. This is okay.
2: Just for for the reference of our audio listeners at home, Tesa Karlov is two a black and a white for a legendary human advisor two four that if a creature dying causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers a second time, an additional time rather. Yeah, it does. That is literally <laughs> the text off of Panharmonicon, except starting with the creature dying. And then the second line of
1: text. Hence, Death Harmonicon. Yeah, it is
2: exactly Death Harmonicon. And then, creature tokens you control have vigilance and life oh, It's so good. That it's pretty sick. It's so good. That is pretty sick. It really is
1: good. It really is.
2: Oh, like this card is just like a package unto itself.
1: It's just tasty. <laughs>
2: I mean, you can run an Aristocrats deck, you could run a Tokens deck, you could run, I don't know, a Sparkle Pony deck. I'm guessing that you have the vampires from uh, Ixalan.
1: I've got some some uh, Ixalan friends in here for sure. So yeah,
2: so why
0: don't we go into your cards and start talking about some specifics? What would you say are the top three most flavorful
1: cards? Heck yeah, let's do it. So one of them isn't from Ravnica, which makes it less flavorful, but the, everything about it is pure Orzov, and that's Rebel and Riches. Yes. It's an enchantment whenever a creature an opponent controls dies. Create a colorless treasure artifact token with tap and sack it. Add one of any one man of any color to your mana pool. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control ten or more treasures, you win the game. <laughs> Orzhov having too much money winning the game? Sign me up.
2: If you had told me that this is a Ravnica card, like if they reprinted it in Ravnica, I would believe you. Because look, it got... Absolutely. If a creature dies... A, that's Orzov. B, get a treasure token. That's Orzov. C, you have a lot of treasure, so you win. What could possibly be more Orzov?
1: Hence, most flavorful. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that absolutely. works. absolutely. Uh, the next one I have is uh, Revival Revenge, obviously. Revival is two for a sorcery. It's uh, white, black, white, black. Return target creature card with CMC three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Or you can cast the other side, which is revenge. It's four, a white, and a black. For a sorcery, double your life total. Target opponent loses half of their life. <laughs> round it up. Yeah, sure. It's all, listen, it's always in our favor.
2: I would love to have 80 life in an EDH <laughs> game.
0: That is ridiculous. Mm.
1: It's so good. I mean... (laughs) It's so money.
0: Do you ever cast Revival?
1: If you have to, but no, you cast Revenge.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. I put this card into my Elenda Brawl deck, and it gets real absurd, especially when you got like the angel that gives you after angels and you gain five life or like all just key, things that key off a life gain and plus just doubling your life is mean. It's mean. At the cost of their life, of course.
0: Yeah, at the cost of their life.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, that's as it should be. It shouldn't be at the cost of yours.
2: <laughs> I mean, there's something about, hey,
0: I'm at 80 and you're at 20. Whoops.
1: <laughs> 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 Want to make a deal? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and that's assuming that no, uh, you, you haven't already gained right? extra life in this deck or you haven't in some way inflicted Which, uh,
1: it. uh, Spoiler alert, you have, by the way. <laughs> if you have six mana, uh, you've already gained life in this sword's Yeah,
2: deck. I get the feeling that life is not a resource that you're lacking in in your no.
1: deck. <laughs> um, the last one I had for most flavorful was Smothering Tithe. Yes, that's really good. It's so, oh my God, it's so good. So, Smothering Tithe is a three and a white for an enchant. Whenever an opponent draws a card, that player may pay two. If they don't, you create a colorless treasure token with Tap and Sack it, at one of any mana color.
2: Also, you and I both share Brea decks. I got to tell you, I put this in my Brea deck and I gave it a try this weekend. It is obscene in Brea. It is completely
1: obscene. Well, guess what I'm about to do? (laughs) Leave this podcast and go put my other Smothering Tithe
2: in Brea. When your opponent sits and draws like three cards and then you just pitch the three tokens and do like... 4, 8, 12 points of damage to them. It
1: feels mm. real good. Oh, that's so tasty. That's so tasty. feels
2: real,
0: real good.
1: Oh, this
2: real is stupid.
0: <laughs> you guys are kind of
1: scary. <laughs> like, I shouldn't like white this much. Like, I learned how to play a mono black deck, but man, the combo of them together is just filthy. It's just so
2: bad. It's good. Like, I hate playing black. I am not a black player at all, but if you give me white and black together, man, I will do this all day.
1: Game on, right? Oh, yeah. I love this. It's mm-hmm. silly. Silly, silly.
0: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you, you like black enough in Hypatra Well,
2: yes, but that's because Hapatra is everything I want in life. It's so good. It's like, <laughs> I put one negative one negative one token on your card, and then I get 12 tokens on my side. How can I say no? It's just...
1: Hapatra's is she is, legit. She's rad. She's like my favorite deck.
0: Yeah, Hapatra's really good. <laughs> so now we know your most flavorful cards. What are your most effective
1: cards? Right. Uh, we're going to repeat one of the most flavorful. Smothering Tithe is one of the most effective cards because there is nothing like telling people, give me more mana or pay two. <laughs> <laughs> because no that's a choice nobody likes. No. Like if I, be, it'd be one thing if it was a Rhystic study, you're going to pay the one, but getting to like make that number bigger and people, people don't like that. They really don't like that. And nope, not enough people run enchantment removal or they've tried it on something else before I get smothering tied out. So I get to start stockpiling things if I have uh, revel in riches. Oh. Uh, uh, that's that's tasty. That's great. And then if not, I have all this mana I can use to pump other stuff, to pay for sack costs. Like, it's it's Smothering Tide. It's just... It gives you so many options. And the
2: thing is, a lot of people <laughs> underestimate the value of just getting free mana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, in an EDH game, they're like, whatever. You don't... Who cares? It's just some more mana rocks. No big deal.
1: It's just the treasure token. And then you have 20 of them. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. It's just... this This card is way better than I thought it would be
1: initially. And I thought it was going to be pretty good. When I saw this, I was so hyped. I was like, this is amazing. We have a Rhystic Study, but it's dirtier. It's gross. It's gross. (laughs) All
0: right. You're a little too excited about this card, both of you.
1: (laughs) But
2: (laughs) I see the next one on your list, though, is actually... Pretty interesting to me. Yeah, let's talk about
1: this. Oh, okay, so the next one. The next one on my list is Alenda the Dusk Rose. I love She it. is two, a white, and a black for a legendary creature of Vampire Knight with lifelink. And whenever another creature dies, put a 1-1 counter on Alenda the Dusk Rose. When Alenda dies, create X 1-1 white vampire creature tokens with lifelink, where X is Alenda's power. Yes. Can I tell you how good it is to have Alenda at 16, Taysa on the board, and sacrifice Alenda? Can I tell you how spicy it is when you have thirty-two uh, Divine Visitation out as well? Because I won a game like that.
0: Are you serious?
1: 32. Oh, yes. Oh, no. And it was amazing. <laughs> oh, no. Uh-huh. Oh, wait. Did I did I not include the part where I had the next card out? Oh, uh, Anointy P. At the same time? Which is anointed procession. Oh, my
2: beloved anointed P.
1: H- how many tokens did I have? All the tokens. It's <laughs> <laughs> 64 four, four angels. <laughs> how did you,
0: how did you let, Alen- like, how did you convince the table to let Alendra stay alive? Alenda stay well, alive.
1: Uh, carefully, <laughs> by being really quiet about putting those one ones on her and never swinging with her and just letting them and putting scarier things out, honestly, to make people forget oh or just you know board wiping stuff like that yeah Alenda's Alenda's real good with anointed oh. and with tasa like that gets dirty and you get divine visitation out it's super dirty
2: divine visitation is the best card like nasty it is the best card
1: my husband threatens divorce every time i play
0: i <laughs> love that card so much
1: i don't blame him because it's gross
0: and yet Divine Visitation isn't one of your most effective.
1: No, because I don't always have it out. I feel like getting double of something with Anointed Procession is a bit more effective. Like Divine Visitation is twisting the knife after you've already sunk <laughs> it into somebody's back. Because, <laughs> oh. I mean, I could still overwhelm with, you know, 64 yeah, that's pretty sick. 1-1 vampires with lifelink. It's just that much dirtier when they're 4-4 four, four angels with flying and vigilance.
0: Yeah. It's true.
1: So
2: have you put Ailey Eternal Pilgrim in this deck?
1: She is most assuredly in this deck.
2: I would hope so. Because being able to sacrifice things at will is pretty great.
1: Oh, friendo. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. And I've got like Ashnods and Phyrexian Altars in there. And they're not on here, but I'll just mention them really quick. Priest of Forgotten Gods, uh, Whisper Blood Liturgist Uh, is in here.
2: Priest of Forgotten Gods is so good.
1: I gave myself quite a few sack outlet options.
2: That card (laughs) is stupid. it's so good. And I realized, yes, yeah. listeners, I say that a lot about cards that, oh, man, she's always saying this card's stupid and that card. Yeah, but some of these cards really are stupid. Sorry. <laughs> Priest of the Forgotten Gods is such an in the right hand. It's
1: so It's so spicy. And can we talk about her amazing Phyrexian Altar? I'm convinced it's a Phyrexian yeah. Altar. I cannot be told otherwise.
0: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> So a lot of these cards we'll see in other decks. That if you go to edhrec.com, you might see a couple. What are what are three cards that are basically like all yours in this in this TESA deck?
1: Two of them, I'm not sure if they're all mine, but one I, one surprised somebody who I knew played a lot of Magic. So mm-hmm. I called that one a signature. Um, the other one I probably wouldn't have included had I not run across it, and then one I had to. So first one is Deathbringer Liege two white black white black white black it's a creature horror and a three four other white creatures you control get plus one plus one other black creatures you control get plus one plus one if you play a white spell you can tap target creature whenever you play a black spell you can destroy target creature if it's tapped (laughs) wow yeah
0: yeah that isn't a card i see very often Yeah. Yeah, because everything fits, right?
2: And then you killed it. Oof. That whole cycle is so good.
1: The Leashes are great. It's so good. And I, I feel like nobody remembers Deathbringer because I've seen so many the there. They're like Merc Fiend and. Um,
2: Oh, God. Nobody remembers the names of the other ones. Anyway,
1: it doesn't matter. Yeah, but I I know Merc Fiendlings because it's the green-blue one and it's
2: gross. (laughs) The green-black one is really good, too. It makes, like, worms.
1: Yeah, but, like, people don't... I don't see them that often and they're just these really good anthems and they have these broken, (laughs) like, combos that are on them if you're in their colors. And, of course, in Commander, you will be in their colors. So it's... I Yeah, I was was surprised that I haven't seen that um, in more taste decks or in more up decks. honestly <laughs> ophiomancer huh oh Hissy hissymancer this card does so much work tell us about it what how does it do the work so Hissy hissymancer which is <laughs> ophiomancer it is from prash's commander deck uh two and a black for a human shaman two. two. at the beginning of each upkeep if you control no snakes put a 1-1 one, one black snake creature token with death touch on the battlefield Each upkeep. Each
0: upkeep. I didn't see that before.
1: Yeah. Everybody's upkeep.
0: You're constantly sacking the snake.
1: Uh Uh-huh. So you get somebody you can sack every time that's going to come back on the next turn. If you're a jerk and you have divine visitation out, your snake turns into an angel and you always get another snake. Because you don't have a snake at play. Because you don't have a snake because it's turned into a 4-4 angel. Uh uh-huh. That's gross It's so nasty That's gross Yeah, oh, it is
0: That really is gross That's beautiful
2: I thought about putting this in Hapatra But I realized I always have snakes in play
1: That's the one problem It's gotta be in a deck with no other snake generators As long as you've got that going Hissymancer yeah. does some serious work And if nothing else Even if you don't have a Divine Visitation out Or you don't have a Sack Outlet up You get a 1-1 one, one Death Touch Blocker So you can still protect yourself until something else comes into play where you can start turning it into either a sack outlet or an engine for you or you oh,
2: the value. decide
1: to be a terrible person and have divine visitation out and turn it into an angel and then just start amassing angels <laughs> it's so good wow nobody runs hisymancer, and i just i cannot get enough of that card it's been one of my favorites since i started playing magic
0: yeah, I have to say, I don't think I've seen this very often. I think I've, I even pulled it from the deck it was in. I see it in Q. Uh, and replace it with something I thought was more effective. Wow. And uh, so yeah. what's, the, what's uh, your, the next signature card that you...
1: I feel like this is probably the least signature out of all of them, just because the death trigger on it's so good. Hmm. Um, but Athreos, God of Passage. He's one white black for a legendary enchantment creature, a god for 5-4. Four. Uh, he's indestructible, natch. Uh, as long as your devotion to white and black is less than seven, he's not a creature. Whenever another creature you own dies, oh. return it to your hand unless target opponent pays three life.
2: Oh, oh, I see.
1: Naturally, you can only return the card once, but they have to pay six life.
2: Oh,
0: no.
1: If Tace is on the board.
2: <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. Does it really work that way?
0: Yes, it does. That is uh-huh. fantastic.
1: Isn't it? Yeah. So it's six life where I get the creature you just killed back into my hand. Listen,
2: this is a radio, so you can't see the fact that I my eye is literally just snapped up. And, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I I saw this when we got to this page, and I was like, really, After us, I'm not so sure. And then, and then you're like, no, 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 it's six or it goes back to my hand. Mm-hmm. Suddenly that's not a choice. That's wrong. That's wrong. It's gross.
1: I know, but that's what makes it so good. That's why it's <laughs> so good in taste. That whole triggering twice thing, man. It's just amazing. Oh, Jesus
2: Christ. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. But... Olivia, that's 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 evil I... wonderful.
1: I know, right? I'm
0: at a loss. That's gross. Let's uh
1: it's like painful quandary, but worse. <laughs> it
0: really is. That's oh, great. Oh, man. So let's move to, I mean, that was a surprise and I'm still kind of reeling with it.
1: I, I clearly put it in the wrong one. I should have put Athreos in surprise. Yes, I have.
0: I have an Athreos deck, but that, that's evil. That's great. <laughs> mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So what are the three most, I guess, the next three most surprising cards?
1: Uh, the next three. Oh, so for most surprising cards... I put Vindictive Lich as my first one. He's three and a black for a creature. He's a zombie wizard and a 4-1. But when Vindictive Lich dies, choose one or more. Each mode must target a different player. Target opponent sacrifices a creature. Target opponent discards two cards. Target opponent loses five left. How do I not have this in my zombie deck? I don't know, my dude. But then do it twice. Oh, my
2: God. Oh, no. Oh, no. You do that twice.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So I get to choose one or more twice so I can hit everybody as long as they're different.
0: One or more. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, that is so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is so bad.
1: Vindictive Lich Shivam probably isn't in your deck because Vindictive Lich was in the Wizards deck from right. the Commander Precon I haven't yeah. taken
2: that most recent batch apart to put into my uh, normal decks yet but I think I'm going to toss a zombie and put this guy in because it's silly
1: if I may be so bold Vindictive Lich is a nice oh, addition oh
2: goodness gracious me oh that's dumb mm-hmm. <laughs> man doubling death triggers really just
0: can,
1: mm-hmm.
0: can get out of hand
1: it really can it's just amazing <laughs> I'm such a fan
0: It really can get out of hand, yes. (laughs)
2: What the hell is temporal extortion?
1: I don't know
0: if I'm ready for this.
1: Temporal extortion. Uh, You are. buckle in then. Temporal extortion is four black for a Thor three. When you play temporal extortion, any player may pay half his or her life rounded up. If they do, counter temporal extortion. Take an extra turn after this. Half
2: your life?
1: Uh Uh-huh. For an extra turn in black
2: i've never even seen this card
0: before <laughs> yeah I've, I've seen this i feel like nothing good can come of this it's it's dirty
1: it's very dirty especially if i have revel and riches on the board and 10 treasure tokens oh. do you want to pay half your oh. life and maybe i just kill you next swing or just let me win the game outright oh my god <laughs> uh-huh nobody here's why i thought it was surprising nobody expects an extra turn in black
2: No. Exactly. I'm looking at this card, and I'm like, no, this doesn't exist.
1: (laughs) Oh, but it does, just like that white counterspell I had used against me.
2: Mana is the greatest card in magic, just because it's like, you never expect it, and it just stabs you. Stop it.
1: Shh. Quiet. Shave him.
2: I love that card.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Temporal temporal Extortion is a... That's a surprise. Nobody, nobody, it's, it's, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects temporal extortion.
0: Yeah. It's, it's brutal. You look around when that's cast and I don't see it very often, but there's a person who plays it in, in my meta. When that's cast, you just sort of look around and you're like, who's going to blink? Yeah. Right. Like, am I going to like, am I going to let her have another turn where she's doubling her death triggers on (laughs) Vindictive Lich and then paying, (laughs) and then I have to pay six mana like six life rather to keep it from coming back yeah
1: yeah oh oh it's so dirty oh. this whole deck is just gross. i need that list. it really is you know brother you're <laughs> gonna have it yeah i guess we're <laughs> gonna
2: have that eight hour ride to la so
1: oh please believe yeah it's true oh man okay so my last surprising card reliquary monk reliquary monk is two and a white it is from Urza's something the beaker one creature cleric for two two. When Reliquary Monk is put into a graveyard from play, destroy target artifact or enchantment.
0: (laughs) I know. (laughs) You're so dirty. Fine. Fine. (laughs) You are so... This is so bad. All right. (laughs) This deck is extortion.
1: It is. There are extort cards in there too, of course, because flavor. flavor.
0: Oh, yeah, there are. (laughs) Of course there are. We're still reeling, you have to understand. I don't think we can take much more.
1: The last three of note, now that you know what other kind of stuff is in this deck. Um, secure the Wastes, so X and a white for an instant. Put X-1-1 one, one white warrior creature tokens on the battlefield.
2: I like to call this card Fighter Ball.
1: Yeah, I mean, for this, it's good just because it, it's, it gives you options. Like, uh, what was the one I almost had in there? Conqueror's Pledge. My uh, I had people suggest that over this one. The reason I leave this in... Over Conqueror's Pledge is it's a little bit more flexible just in terms mm-hmm. of being able to play it for whatever mana I have. Yeah. And if you have Anointed out, if you have Divine Visitation out, then this is just overload. It's I
2: played this gross. in Nigila <laughs> with Divine Intervention and that mm-hmm. that's when you feel stupid. When you're just like, Yeah, I'm just gonna spew out a yeah. hundred million angels.
1: <laughs> right. And that and even with, you know, Anointed, it's just like, Okay, well you're getting double the value. I'm only paying four, but I get eight.
2: It's so gross.
1: Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you can use them to sack them, to do your you know crazy tricks and all these death triggers, whatever it may be. <laughs> so, Or you can do stuff like this. You can fuel Black Market with it, which is three and black, black for an enchantment. Whenever a creature dies, put a charge counter on Black Market. At the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, add <gasps> swamp equal to uh, your mana pool for each charge counter on Black Market.
0: Oh And then with Death Harmonicon
1: Sacrifice away Exactly Double the charge counters Oh jeez Yeah
0: That's That's
1: It's a lot It's a whole lot That's
2: so bad This is a whole lot dude This deck is something else
1: (laughs) 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 And the last one is um, Elspeth's Sons Champion
2: Oh my favorite
1: Because that plus one Is tasty as all get out Plus one. Elspeth's son's champion is a four white white for Planeswalker. Four loyalty counters to start. Her plus one is all you really need. Put three one one white soldier creature tokens on the battlefield.
2: This is like one of my favorite cards of all time. Just saying. Like, this is one of the best Elspeth cards. It's never not good.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And then minus three is destroy all creatures with power four or greater. If you have a ton of tokens, then generally you're okay unless you have Visitation out. But then whatever.
2: You're never going to use the ultimate. It doesn't even matter.
1: Yeah, you're never going to use the ultimate. Creature's getting two-two and have flying.
2: (laughs) You're just spewing out soldiers. That's all she's there for. And she's so good at it.
1: That's
0: all she's there for.
1: And then you can make them counters on Elenda. And then... Oh, it's just everything just builds on itself grossly here
0: you're bringing this deck to la right
1: oh please
2: believe oh yeah. i believe i believe
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's make sure that we get a game in I, I don't know do i want to play this i'm so scared
1: you do because here's the thing all of my decks for as gross as they may sound are beatable because watch me hold on to a really terrible opening hand
0: <laughs> yeah because you get those and uh, you're gonna be
1: like i beat your Tesa. it's like
0: well we call those Orzov
1: eyes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're like, I only have one land, but look at the treasure in my hand.
1: I know, exactly. That's, I, I fall victim to that quite often, more than I care to admit. <laughs> like, but my combo pieces are all here. It's like you can't cast any of them. It's like, it doesn't matter. They're in my hand right now.
0: well listeners we hope you've enjoyed this as much as we have talking to Olivia the deck she brought to share with us is just incredible and like you heard us saying we're going to be playing this at GPLA sorry Magic Fest Los Angeles MFLA yo (laughs) Muffler I don't know what that voice was Muffla, yeah. Muffla. yeah. Let's, let's see you at Muffla. And uh, you'll be driving down with Shivam and so you'll get to hear him uh, say how stupid and dumb this deck is <laughs> for like eight hours or so.
1: And then he's going to talk about the things he doesn't talk about here. It'll be eight hours of yeah. religion and politics yeah. and then I won't be able to... I, I can't wait to play against him with this deck. That's how I'll <laughs> feel at the end of it. Love you, buddy.
0: Uh, it's like, where's the lie, right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Where is the lie? Yeah. So... Listeners, despite the um it was like it was like concentrated evil being poured down your ear holes for most of this and eye holes if you're watching us on YouTube. If you like what you just heard and saw, please consider donating a buck a show so we can keep on improving. That's uh Patreon.com slash Commander and MTG or Commander and slash donations, or go fund me and search for Commander and MTG and use the C logo result. And a uh, special thanks, of course, to our patrons, especially the folks we talked about this episode. Uh, they already show their support. Thank you. Without your continued support, we couldn't do the show. So we're very grateful to you. Olivia, people know already how to reach you. Uh, but there's probably like one or two who missed that in the very beginning when talk to us. Do you have a stream?
1: Yes. So I'm on right. I, I stream doing metal stuff that isn't always magic related. Um, so it's mainly jewelry making, stone setting, all that fun stuff. That is twitch.tv slash affinity artifacts, spelled exactly like it would be on a magic card. So that's that's the stream. And then I'm on Twitter, obviously. Uh, My personal handle is my last name. It's at G-O-B-E-R-T-H-I-C-K-S. Yes, it's two names. Gobert. Gobert Hicks, not Goberthicks but thank you. You have no idea. You have no idea.
2: Chopra thicks. I think I have an idea. You have an idea. <laughs> Sister, let me tell you.
1: So those are those are the best two ways to get in touch. Um, my metalworking account on Twitter is linked there instead of me trying to spell it out for you guys because it's, um, yeah, it couldn't fit the whole word in there. So it's like got bells removed and stuff. So, But those are the two best ways to, to reach out and, and be in touch.
0: Uh, we'll have links for all of that in the show, of course, both uh, on screen right now and in the show notes. You can reach us by going to our website, commanderandmtg.com. Our email is cast at commanderandmtg.com. You can find us on all of the social medias by searching for Commander and MTG Podcast. Our theme song was created for the podcast by Nate Burgess. Our logo was created for the podcast by Mr. Picto, with assistance from Kelly DeLuca. You can find more art from Mr. Picto by going to mrpicto.co.uk. Special thanks to Tech Wiz's Jesse Thompson and Graham Frank, and to Justin for the server space. And special thanks to Mike Condon, editor of the Brothers War podcast, for the guitar version of our theme song. We're also making a few changes behind the scenes. We want to thank Tyler Webb for helping us change hosting services for the podcast. Tyler and his friend Chris host The Unformatted Review Show. It's an unfiltered, rambling look at a different movie every week where the only rule is, there are no rules. I've listened to many of the episodes myself, and they're two good friends talking about movies. But be warned, they aren't family-friendly, so you probably don't want to play them around children or in stores like you do Commander in. Commander at MTG podcast is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy. It has not been approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast. Copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Olivia, we have a tradition where our guest takes us out by saying the last thing on the show.
1: Well, thanks for coming everybody. Commanderin, not always accurate, but always entertaining.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye everybody.
2: See you in LA. Podcast